Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Morning, Alan. So, Colin, once again, the whole area of the VAT is back on the agenda and I believe it is causing widespread concern and it's been described as damaging by the hospitality trade. The return of the 13.5%. First of all, when is it due back? So it's due back at the end of August, Alan. Um, it's due to go back up. To, uh, it'll, it'll effectively uh, increase by 50% from 9% back to 13.5% on the 1st of September for all, uh, for all sales and turnover uh, from the 1st of September. Can you just explain to me the, the background to this in the first place? Because one or two people speaking to me over the weekend said, well, hang on a second, it was always brought in as a temporary measure. Why are the hospitality trade now complaining that it's been brought back in again, the 13.5% when it was reduced? So I'll let you respond to those criticisms, uh, uh, McCollum. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's not a thing uh, incorrect by what they're saying there, quite rightly. As far back as uh, 2009, I think, I stand to be corrected on that, but that sort of order of time, it came in as a temporary measure to assist in uh, trying to keep hospitality businesses afloat, helping them to become more competitive and attract more business in the front door. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, and uh, the, the, the typical claim that we'll hear is that it's costing the Exchequer 560 million euro every year that it's in place. They look at the overall uh, turnover of the items that are at the 9.5% at the moment and they calculate what it would be at 13.5%. I think that's very unfair, uh, Alan, because they're not taking account of what assistance their very measure was designed to do. And that is, what about the jobs that it has helped to to support and save in that time? And what cost would be if they were on the exchequer? So it's not as simple as looking at saying this is a cost. I believe it's not a cost. I believe it's actually an appropriate support. And when we... When we all got sort of looking at this whole subject, when it was going, threats of going up and then it didn't go up and then it went up for a while and went back down again to help support it again, it really focused all our attentions on where we're at in, in Europe in general, where we're competing all the time with all our prices. And our VAT rate at the moment is mid-table. And if it goes back up to 13.5%, we'll have the third highest VAT rate on hospitality products in in all of Europe. How can that make sense? In Ireland, where we neither have coal nor oil and very little gas, etc., but we do have a wonderful country to come and visit with wonderful people in it that and we and the, and our Europeans and our American friends and indeed our Asian friends all love to come and visit us. Right. However, why would we drive ourselves into an uncompetitive position against Portugal, Italy, or wherever else in Europe by trying to drive our VAT rate and taxing both the people of the country here and our visitors, the third highest in all of Europe. It doesn't make sense to me. The 9% VAT rate is the correct VAT rate that we should be at mid-table in the European situation. Let's look at the effect of it then when it does come back to 13.5% or go up to 13.5%. What is the likely impact to be on the hospitality trade in County Wexford? Well, that's what I'm particularly worried about at this time, Alan, and why I'm very happy to be to be trying to lobby for it not to go back up, because it, if it ever if there's ever a time for it to go back up, now is certainly not the right time. The backdrop we're looking at here is we've got households 
with spiralling costs. They've got the same food increase costs as the trade has, as we have in hotels and in restaurants throughout the county. The energy costs, they were supported last year. They're telling us they're going to be supported again this year, but who knows? They're going to shoot back up now in, in, in the fall and in the winter when we use, have to use more heating. Soaring mortgage interest rates. All the things that your listeners are well aware of in their own household budget are putting pressure on their decision whether they can have, whether they're going to indulge in that cup of coffee or the carvery or a meal out or, go, or, or, or take some people out maybe on an anniversary or whatever. And you might say they're all luxuries, but they're luxuries that keep our people employed. They keep our sons and daughters in jobs. They keep uh, a, a, whole, a whole hospitality industry going. And that euro goes back around into the economy again. So it's not just a luxury, it's part of commerce. And by, by going up another 50%, there's no question about it. The costs have to be added on for the customer. There is no way premises can absorb it. Yeah. I'm seriously worried about the, the, the restaurant trade in particular. And when you look at, you know, the restaurants we've lost, we've lost Kishtin Ella down there with Warren. We've, we've, lo- we've lost Salem Burn up in the Onyoke. We've lost the Alba in the Scorty here. So already there's three restaurants, that, uh, three restaurateurs that have been in the trade all their life, that have been trading very well, and mm. they've chosen in the last year to drop out. Why? because it's just too hard to stay in existence. I don't know if people think that there's 25 and 30% profits in these businesses. There's nothing of the colour of it. You're down in single digits. They're on the margins all the time. Very happy to work at it, and they've got a passion for what they do. Right. But it's impossible to stay working with, 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 without... You obviously have to make, make money. I mean, I, I just, just looked into a, a sort of costs that we've had increases in, Mm. Alan, in the last year. So 22 to 23, we've got beef that's gone up 37%. Our fish have gone up 25%. But our, our bread, potatoes, our dairy have gone up 70% in the year. Mm. 70%. Now, yes, we've increased our prices, but we've increased our prices by 5 or maybe 10% because the public can't afford anymore. So here we're going to put more taxes on top of those prices again and expect the businesses right. to survive. Coupled on top of that, the government contracts that have gone out, unfortunately, yes, they have to be looked after. And yes, we've got to look after our European neighbours and Ukrainians and refugees, etc. But Falch Ireland, not the Hotel Federation or not Column Level or anyone else, Falch Ireland has estimated that the loss to the down trade uh, uh, businesses, attractions, uh, uh, pubs, restaurants, etc. is going to be 1.1 billion this year because of the less tourists on the ground, because they don't have the rooms in in the houses in the hotels around the country that have been given over to, to, to the refugees and the Ukrainians, etc. Now, that's fine. We've got to do those things. And, and we applaud that. And the Hotel Federation has stood straight up and assisted in that regard in a big way into something that was supposed to be a temporary measure as well. But mm. the government don't, haven't been able to find an, an alternative solution. I Col- understand yeah. that. Colin, do, do, do you think there's a disconnect? Order. Do you think there's a disconnect between the government and the hospitality trade? A disconnect that is widening, and that communications need to be, I suppose, uh, brought up. Uh, you know, brought they're, much they're, much more into focus. They're not. They're, they're not taken. They're, they're, I don't think they're taking the serious. Uh, 
business that hospitality and tourism can and should do in this country serious enough. There's too much emphasis on the big, mighty headlines. And, and like, you didn't bring it up. I'm bringing it up. And the, and the awful debacle and the craziness that went on around, say, the Taylor Swift thing and all the rest. That's not happening throughout all of Ireland. That's, that's, they're one-off nights, and they're, I'm going to say, they're irresponsible hoteliers, I think. In, in, it's only a personal opinion. Sorry, it's not a federation opinion. It's a personal opinion for what they're doing. But it's not what we see all day of the week. If you look, and people can look are looking up Booking.com every day of the week, and go and look at Cork or Dublin or whatever. Yeah, I've I've done so in the last in the last few days. I've had calls to try to get a, a room in Dublin, for example, for the Ireland England match. Uh, you know, in the middle of August, a Saturday night in August. Well, you can get quite a few for between two fifty and three hundred. And if people think that that's expensive in the capital city of Ireland. Mm of a Saturday night in August, well, then they don't realise what cost there is to run these businesses. That is competitive. Um, I did another random check there yeah. for Cork, just where it said 25th and 26th, and I genuinely didn't pick any dates or go looking for cheap dates or anything else. And you get several hotels in Cork for just over €200 Euros a night. And I'm sorry, four-star hotels in major cities in a, a popular tourism country of a Saturday night, in, a Friday and Saturday night in August, should be in the order of €200. Euros. What sort of a season so, are Wexford having at the moment? In, in fairness to hotels, uh, from talking to my colleagues, the hotels are busy. We're later than we were last year in our bookings, but they are coming in in the end. So I believe the footfall will be on the streets of Wexford will be on the streets of Inniscorty from the hotels. I am worried there's a lot of other accommodation that's not available and I'm also hearing from the self-catering side of things where there are houses available now also that are not being taken up. So I'm worried that the families are struggling to find enough money to be able to take three, four and five day holidays. What I'm hearing is they're taking two and three day instead. And as a result, the self-catering is not having as good a year throughout the country. And that's more anecdotal now, but I've heard from people that are in that trade. And that worries me a little and to be a kind of a sign for what might come in the autumn of this year. And that's what I'm more worried about. The, the consequences of this to your smaller traders, to the cafes, to the, to the, to the, to the restaurants, they are critical to the tourism in Wexford. They're, t- t- they're critical to the tourism throughout the country. There's no point in having hotels being able to survive because they're able to get bedroom sales or whatever else if the people don't have the little cafes, the pubs or restaurants to go and visit. And indeed, obviously, I'm real worried about the people that are employed in that. And if that employment is lost, what's going to happen to those students that are putting themselves through college? What's going to happen to those people that are earning a living and made a career out of it? Um, That's a real concern that I don't think people are keeping their eyes open enough for, to be honest, you know? Okay, I've got to conclude our conversation with you this morning. You've raised a number of points. I can hear the passion in your voice. Uh, I will go back to the Oireachtas members and ask them individually what their stance on this is. But your final comment this morning as SWAT column and what has been a very detailed uh, conversation with you where you've outlined you haven't held back as you, uh, you, you never do hold back. You haven't held back this morning. Um, so what would be the most important point you'd like to get out this morning, please? I would ask, and I've written to all of the politicians in Wexford, to the same effect, 
I'd ask him to engage, to sit down with some of the trade, to sit across the table from restaurateurs, from cafe owners, from hoteliers, and ask us for those facts that I'm able to give you here on the air and try to get under the skin of the problem that's going to come down the line here and that now is not the time for pushing the VAT forward. Um, that's what I would ask for him. I'd ask him to be very cognizant of the people that are employed there and of the prices that people have to pay. I mean, there's a disconnect between sometimes between the, 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 the wage rates we're paying, the, 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 the VAT we're paying, and the fact that there's only one person pays for all this, the people on the street, the, peop- the, 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 the actual community are the people that have to pay for everything because the margin is not there. There's no fat cats taking away big fat amounts. They're not cutting into any, any restaurateurs' big, big uh, profits here. There's only one place that can go, and that's onto the menu. And the menu can only take so much when, it, when people will choose not to, not to spend it because they won't be able to spend it even if they want to. So I think it's not the time when all these other increasing costs are out there. It's not the time to be, uh, to, 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 to be pushing up the batteries. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.